So I'm still standing, and that's as far as I'm going, dude, because I can't <laughs> sing. <laughs> Better than I've ever been before. That I'm is still more standing. than enough, man. <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. That's right. Elton John, baby. He's still standing. I am. <laughs> Carlito, we've got a new guest. We do. So why don't you do the honors? This is Frank Cosolino. Best electrician in the universe. I don't know about the universe. The, universe. About the province, I don't know. So you light up the sun. <laughs> yeah, apparently. When the light goes out, I go light it. Wow. How's I, that I the wire? Power. Yeah, it's, it's hot up there. That's wireless? It's no, well, I can't tell it's you. It's going to be one day. <laughs> I was telling Manny a little bit about you, but I want you to tell Manny about yourself. Where do I start? Where do I start? So, electrical industry. So, I started in the electrical industry in, uh, oh God, late 90s. I, I thought I wanted to be an accountant uh, when I grew up. And then, while working as <laughs> well, an accountant. Who, who told you that? Like, well, that's no. what I thought I wanted to do. An accountant. Yes, uh-huh. an accountant. That got very, very boring very, very fast. So, I, I did the schooling, uh, fourth level CGA, CMA. Wow. Gives away how old I am at this point, because nowadays it's all, you know, CA. They've, they've made the destination, destination changes. So long story short, didn't want to do that. I wanted to play with my hands, and I figured electrical. Everyone's afraid of that gray box. It's so true. I'm one yeah. of those guys. Are I'm you? one of those guys. Well, see, once you know what you're doing, you're not afraid. And that's mm. one of the... <laughs> it's the, the pain that I can't see that I'm afraid of. Yes, but if you know what you're doing, <laughs> and true. you know better... True. Follow the and rules. You're good. Follow the rules. That's it. Simple. Yeah. It's really simple. If you're going to be a hero with electrical, <laughs> you're going to be a zero. You're going to be a zero. <laughs> I like that. That's, that's <laughs> as far as I would go. So how long ago? So that was late '90s, mid '90s. Yeah, late, late '90s. Late '90s. You started with electrical. Yes. Residential, I, commercial. A residential company that finally took me in, if you will, because you need to find a company in order to give you an apprenticeship. Many kids nowadays, there there is a different alternative for them where they can find a uh, school that they pay into, uh, pay huge money. Uh, We hire them. They work for us for free. (laughs) And at the end of the training that they get, they either get hired or they don't. Personally, the training that they give, I'm not a huge fan. Nowhere near am I a huge fan. So if Hmm. anyone's listening that owns one of those schools, no, you got to train them a little better. Are you saying that they're not ready? Nowhere near. They, they, their expectations are set way too high. Yes, they come out with uh, fall arrest training. Yes, they have the first aid training. So they do save us a little bit in paperwork. But that's all paperwork that they would have been filling out on their own. And then a good employer would then ensure that they have all those documentation. So it saves us a little bit of time. Work ethic is not there. They don't instill it in the kids. I don't think there's a course in any school that teaches work ethic. There I could isn't. be wrong. Somebody no, correct no. me. No, you're, you're 100% accurate. There is not. There's no such thing as work ethic. There's, craftsmanship is gone. No one cares. No one cares about their trade. I don't care if you're a plumber, steam fitter. Wait a minute. We don't have steam fitters anymore. Do we? <laughs> uh, no, I think masonry, plumbers. I said plumbers twice. Carpenters. It doesn't matter what trade you're in. Nobody cares about what they do. And then if there are the ones that do care, they're so far in between. The numbers are staggering. On So the, what do the ones that don't care care about? Their cell phones, their social life, their social media. It's all the world seems to be doing nowadays. I had a kid 
I'll give you, okay, well, I'm going to have to go back and forth a little. So sure, I'll do we'll, a little we, bit we of, like uh, to time Quentin travel Tarantino. on this show. We'll do a little, <laughs> bit of Tim, uh, a little bit of Quentin Tarantino back and forth. So, uh, Good choice, I like you that. Liked that right? <laughs> Kill Bill, baby. Uh, long story short, you've got re- now, today, I'm actually an employee. I'll okay. get to that in a minute. So, I'll get so you've been in the business for 25 years? Yes. And you're an employee right now? I'm an employee today. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But I, So I had an employee equal to me, that I believe I'd be a supervisor. I mentioned to him that, you know, I need you to do blah, blah, blah. Part of that blah, blah, blah was, last time that you worked for me, I'm going to give you quotes on exactly what happened. I said, last time you worked for me, you told me you didn't even want to be in this trade. I don't want you working for me today. Do me a favor, go wait in the shop, and we'll figure out where we're going to send you. He looked at me and said, yeah, no, I'm not listening to you. Looked at the next guy, which is part owner, or owner's brother, if you will, final word would be his, turns to him and says, where do you want me to go today? And I'm just looking at the guy. You disrespectful little fuck. Yeah. Really? <laughs> this yeah. is the way you're going to fucking treat me. Like, I don't understand. You're a kid. You want to learn a trade. I ask you straight. I'm going to teach you. Do you want to put your best foot forward? You told me that you don't even want to be here. How old is this kid? 22 years old. Wow, the lip on this guy. Was he tripping on it all the time, every time he's working? He's <laughs> always and always tripping on that tongue. That happened about a month, a month and a half ago. I can't believe he lasted a month, a month and a half ago because yesterday he got fired. Wow. For what reason? What was Having the... a big mouth. Wow. With finally tripped on it. So he finally did trip on it. Well, I'm worried about how he would deal with customers or the customers That's for the company. the reason. If... See, the main bulk of our work ends up being residential. So being that we're doing residential renovations, not new homes, not custom, not, you know, I, I'm not working for a super or a company. I'm in there for a homeowner. Homeowner's going to come up and have 50 million questions. When they have these questions, I don't care if you're an apprentice. I don't care if I just hired you for the day to clean up. You got to be kind. You got to be cool. You got to explain yourself and you're, Pretend you're that you a like representative. What you do. You're, you're a representative of the company. Yes. Well, you should be somewhere you, know? you enjoy to be. And that's the problem. Nowadays, I think that parents are just pushing their kids out the door. Go get a job. A job. What's a job stand for, anyways? Anybody know? No. What is just a job over for? broke? <laughs> like really, a job, not a not a career. Oh, I love you, Frank. <laughs> not a career. They don't want a career. They don't want. They just want a job. Why? My mom and dad told me if I don't pay the, you know, if I don't get a job, I'm not gonna. They're gonna take away my. You're cell phone. so right. They're gonna take away my PlayStation. They're gonna take away my Facebook. They're gonna take away my internet. You know what, kid? Grow up. Grow a set. I'm tired of hearing parents over. So who are the ones to blame here? Because I know that a lot of people point the finger at the the millennial generation. Before I answer that, the audience is is our parents, (laughs) our millennials, our everybody. But I blame the parents as much as I blame the millennials. But this is blaming the parents on kissing their kids' ass a little too much. Why? It's guilt. 100% guilt. Why? They both go to work. They both come home late. They're tired. They don't want to listen to their kid. They put their kid in front of the TV. The TV kid raises the kid. It was no different when we were growing up. The difference was that our parents actually cared a little more. Today, our responsibilities have gone up. Why have they gone up? Because expenses have gone up. Because the expenses are so... Why do I really need two cell phones? I'll give you... Why do I need... I'll give you, Frank, I'll give you two numbers that I just read this week. Toronto is the third most expensive place to live. Wow. Globally speaking. True. Third most expensive place behind China, 
Uh, I think China's number one, and I think Australia's number two. I can't remember wow. exactly. But Toronto is number three. And then also they talked about how to live in Toronto, to get an apartment in Toronto, you need to be making $96,000 a year. Not bad. Good luck. So that's, that's how much money you should be making. But here's the truth. People on average are making $44,000 a a year. That sounds about but correct. Let me tell you something. So at forty-four thousand, you're able to rent, based on the comparison of percentages, a place for about at max, and that's stretching it twelve hundred bucks a month. But no kid today is going to live in the downtown core in a condo on a high rise for twelve hundred bucks a month. They're going to find a place that's twenty-four, twenty-five, even three thousand dollars a month, and that's in line with the ninety-six thousand a year. And who's paying the difference? The parents. Yeah, mommy and daddy. That's exactly. the problem wow. I have with I, the parents. I have a lot of clients that will call me and say that my kid is in, and that's where they're living, and you're going to go take care of it. And yeah, send me the bill. I'll pay the bill. Well, that's nice of you. You're not helping the kid. You got to let the kid struggle. If you don't have any, any hardships in your life, you don't value what you have. So you need to struggle a little bit. Just enough to value that dollar. Because that dollar is in our pocket nowadays. It's too easy. Just let it go. And that's the problem. Why do you think the kids of today, the ones that actually do work, the ones that I have found, the ones that you said that far and few, which I think is maybe less than 10% of the workforce, actually have a great work ethic? What is the difference with those kids versus these other kids? What is it? Did their parents smack in the head? Did they finally realize that... They need to value the dollar. They need to actually work. I'd love to say that it's a smack in the head, but it's not. Because you can't touch anybody these days. Nowadays, you can't. Well, so, I, that's, I wanted to lead to that. Just a show of hands. Who got beat as a kid here oh, at this table? Totally. Oh, I did. <laughs> my hands are up. My, my dad's, hands are up. Oh. My dad's 90s still tries to give me a beating. <laughs> God but, bless but, your dad. But did, it didn't make us into psychos or anything. No, it just actually it, taught no. us. Well, it gave us the value that we needed in life. And we don't have the values anymore. And I didn't want to interrupt you earlier. People are so afraid of their children and getting charged to discipline their kids are, that they're not teaching them what we learned are they afraid of being charged or are they just afraid of losing their kid i think it's a combination i think it's the latter i think they're afraid of the kids saying hell with you mom and dad yeah, i'm out of here you're, you're you're missing one when mom and dad pisses me off i just go talk to grandma and grandpa yeah yeah just run from one or hang on a second stepmom yeah. and stepdad oh shoot big time number one or two <laughs> in in my household it was very very easy my kids come from a broken home. If you know, Divorced parents. Uh, it's called broken home, I guess. I don't know. No, Long that's what story it's short, I've always told my kids, if I find out that your mother tells you to do one thing and you come to me asking the same question, looking for a different answer, and accidentally I do <laughs> give you the wrong answer, I find out that you backdoored this. You have any idea the lumps that you're going to get? But mind you. <laughs> I love you, Frank. Mind you. My kids, I can count it on one hand. For both of them, how many shots I've actually given? Less than five. Is that five fingers? You know what? Actually, you know what? It's, it was actually twice. Two times. Once, I think my... Anyway, it's a funny story. I actually... Um, my kids were in bed. They were two and three at the time. So I got a two-year-old, three-year-old. They're laying in bed, and they're making way too much noise. So I'm sitting there going, okay, what's going on? So I go into the bedroom, <laughs> and, uh, you know, they go to sleep. Okay, no problem. Off we go. Um, then I hear... One crying. And I'm like, okay, well, now what happened? So I go into the bedroom, okay. My older one yells out, she pinched me. 
And I'm like, well, what'd you pinch her for? So I go over to the young one. I said, well, what'd you pinch her for? She wouldn't answer. Because she wouldn't answer, I just gave her a love tap on her ass, right? Love tap. I, I left four finger marks on her ass. <laughs> so the point is, is that she wouldn't answer me, got me angry, and like a dummy, I went a little too far, gave her a slap. The sad part was, as I was slapping her, I clearly saw from the corner of my eye that my other daughter lifted the sheets over her head. The reason my daughter ended up pinching her is because the other one had started it, threw something at her or something. I don't remember what she did, but clearly she did something wrong, and I punished the wrong one. And that was my moment of saying, okay, first, last. And there was one mistake after that. I can't remember what it was, but I know that I, twice, that I've had to actually lay a finger, if you will. But uh, other There's than nothing that, wrong you, you with talk that. to them, you talk to them, you reason with them. You don't need to be afraid of losing your kids. Like, that's total stupidity. Wow, I never had it that easy. My, I always talked to my father's hand or his belt. So did I. That's the way I grew up. It's like a kung fu movie at my house. <laughs> I don't want to dive deep into millennials and what they've come up with. I want to get a lot more insight from, from yourself on the electrical world from the 90s to the early 2000s to, I guess, the recession, the way it hit in the late 2008-9 kind of thing, and then how the economy is kind of bouncing back right now. I want to get a lot into that. I want to see what, what you thought, because you've got a lot of experience here, right? Yeah, and I we only learn we only learn from people with experience. That's just well, a fact, right? I'm, I met you almost 20 years ago. Yes. We were in a recession at that time. Not me. Economy was in a recession. Correct. We were doing all well. Yes. Well, we had a lot I, of work. I truly believe that you get what you give. If you're going to treat your clients properly and be fair with them on the price, there is an industry standard on certain things. What I tell my clients on a regular basis is, go ahead, get five quotes. You're going to get one that's way too low, one that's way too high, and the other three are going to be in the same range. <laughs> is that what you guys say before? Yeah. Because I coined it. Yeah. Long story short, We say the exact three, same thing. Those three quotes, that's exactly where I want to be in my numbers. So do I know who all my competitors are? Yes, 100%. That's part of my job. I need to know who they are, and I need to know, make sure that I'm in the middle. If I am on the higher end, there's something wrong. I yeah. must have caught something that they didn't, and, I'd like, and I truly, truly believe that. I'm truly so happy it. you're bringing that up because a lot of times when a customer says to me, uh, you're just too expensive, that should be the first sign that there's a problem in your home and someone's picked up on it. And that's, well, that's brilliant that you said that. Again, too expensive compared to what? That's what I tell people. What are they I've comparing been told, it? I've, exactly. Compared me to what? What are you comparing it to? You're comparing it to a guy that doesn't have any insurance, that doesn't pay the WSIB, doesn't have any benefits whatsoever for his staff? Like, what are we comparing it to? I'm, I'm dumbfounded that clients actually want to play Russian roulette with electrical. Well, I don't know. It happens on a regular basis. Because of cost. It's well, easy to actually start a fire, right? It's easy you know what? to... I don't know if it's cost. I had a little old lady that I talked to the other day. It was actually last week. So I end up getting a call, talk to the lady. She tells me what she wants to do. I tell her, great, I got to come out there and take a look at it. All she wants to do is add two lights in the hallway. I want one light on the wall uh, on one side of the coffee table and then one on the other. She's got a hallway table, a little narrow table, right? She just wants a wall scone on each. Well, that's great. Nice and easy, peasy job. Basement's open, fish the wire up, gonna be in and out. Probably two or three hours worth of labor, but I need to look at it. I may need to add a circuit directly from the panel. I don't wanna overload whatever's existing. So I'm explaining all this to the lady. Explain it all the way through. She says, well, that's great, uh-huh. When can you come by? I said, well, either Monday or Tuesday. So I'm talking to her on Friday. 
reasonable amount of time for me to get there. She says, I called her on the Monday saying, I can't make it today. I will have someone there tomorrow for sure. She says, no problem. See you tomorrow. Tuesday morning, 10 a.m., I get an email. Email states, I already got the job done. Someone came by last night and already took care of the job. And I said, well, that's awesome. Great, you got it done. That's great. I don't have a problem with that. Where I have a problem is, is that the next day, I look on the review and I notice the company that did the work. And I'm like, hmm, I know for a fact that they've taken another job from me in the past. And I know for a fact that on the other job, they didn't pull out the permits. So I called the little old lady up. We're going to name her Dorothy. <laughs> I like the name. It's actually like her Dorothy name. Too. It's actually her name. <laughs> Can't give you last name. No, uh, so no, it's Brittany. It's, yeah, okay. So I call Brittany, and uh, as I'm discussing it with her, you know, how did everything go? Did they take care of you? What was it that made you hire them instead of waiting for me? You know, trying to keep it's up. It's great that you called her back to ask that information. Well, some will share it with you and some won't. This lady was very forthcoming, gave me all the info she needed, included a couple things I didn't need to know. She paid cash. <laughs> All right, she paid cash. Hopefully the contractor's honest and paid his taxes. And the next thing that she says, well, he never told me that we needed an electrical permit. I said, well, I told you that when I talked to you on Friday. Check your email. I even included an email. You may, it may have slipped your mind, but not a big deal. Maybe he's a good contractor. Maybe he pulled out the permit. Either way, not a big deal. So I wrap up the call, off I go. Next call I end up making was the Electrical Safety Authority, and they don't give you much, but enough to, to spark your interest. You'll kind of find out the answer. So I called and said, listen, I've got this problem, and this is the problem. I believe that someone did some work. They didn't pull out a permit. This is the address. Gave the address. Lady says, I'm sorry, I can't give you any answers on whether a permit's been pulled or not. You can go through the Freedoms of, Freedom of Information Act and find out that way. Well, that cost me 50 bucks. I'm not that curious. So what I'll do, <laughs> I'll wait and call you back in two, three days. She says, I have no idea what that's going to prove because in two or three days, I'm still going to give you the same answer. I said, no, you won't. You just don't know it yet. And I hung up. Call back two, three days later. It was actually today. So I call back today and I said, hi, how's it going? And I explained, this is what's happening. This is the job. I know for a fact that cash was paid. I know for a fact that she doesn't recall being told a permit, but yet... You know, maybe the guy's honest and he's going to take out the permit. Here's the address. And the girl goes, well, that's odd. I said, say no more. Take down my name. Get ready to do the investigation. I'll tell you exactly what got done. And I explained it word for word, exactly what needed to get done. Now they'll do what's called a Z7, investigate the contractor, and hopefully press, uh, press charges. Now the fines are huge. Like it's jail time that you could be facing. What are the fines? I'm very curious. Please. Okay. So the numbers are up to half a mil, and you can do jail time for working without a permit. How silly is that? Just to save what? To and save... And just to get the job. No, okay. to get the job, you're right. Okay, but what are they saving? A permit that costs, let's call it two or three hundred bucks, depending on the size of the job. Couple Sometimes even less. It could be 60 bucks at some points, well, right? Well, permit costs are $71 for me. But I need, there's a lot of administration in the background. I'm sorry, I got to make some money. Yeah. I got to eat. Who's paying me to be well, here right now? Well, you're spending the time to actually do this and apply. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. So there is time. There is administration fee. I admit that. My permit cost says ESA permit and, and, and arrangements. Clearly on your bill. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. That's what my fee is, and there's my arrangements. Lawyers do it. Right down to the staple, right down to the to the paper clips. They tell us that a photocopy, oh, 25 cents. Think, if a lawyer can do it. Why well, shouldn't we? Why shouldn't we? Because we're dumb contractors. That's you know, the that's stereotype. The, that's the stigma 
right off the top. Get contractors themselves don't believe in themselves. That's the first problem. Right off the top, contractors do not use their brain. It took us five years to get a license, and then the next five, 10 years perfecting your system, perfecting your craft, and getting out there and now opening up a business? It's gonna cost thousands. You know, you got a really good point because we all have driver's licenses, mm -hmm. but if we don't behave and do stupid things- It's a privilege, it's, take it it's away. taken away from you. So it's but, the same thing with uh, an ESA license, your electrical license and plumbing and everybody, all those licenses attached to these trades. they don't take those away. But you get fined. But you know what I like? Yes. They'll never now take it away. You can't have it taken away from you. The, the amount of paperwork is in between my arms. Like it's literally- To have it taken paper. away from yes. you? Yes. Wow. It's a pain. They are getting better. Now that the provincial government makes the money, ESA, the Electrical Safety Authority, will go as far as actually investigating and bringing it forward to court. Once they bring it to court. I was incredibly disappointed at the TSSA when I did a job in Ronsonsville and I was quoting everything, submitted a quote for a new gas line run for a barbecue. He didn't approve it. The client didn't approve it because he thought it was too much. It was a typical 350 bucks. That's a gas line run. Mm -hmm. And so the very next day, the client decided to extend it himself. Oh my God. He him and his dad took off the elbow that was done for the stove portion of it and just figured I'll add a T here and extend it. And that's not how you continue the line of a gas line. You actually have to calculate BTUs and you have to figure out all this stuff. It didn't sit well with me. Uh, I spoke to my gas guy and I asked him, what's what's the deal here? Like what can happen? What's the, he goes, he's not allowed to do that. I went to the TSSA. I spoke to the TSSA. I walked into the TSSA. They told me that it's their dwelling. They can do whatever they want. Unfortunately, it's the exact same. And the same the thing with electrical. And then I asked them, well, listen, I'm, I'm just, I'm the GC. I'm here to tell you what I visually saw. I saw the clients unthread an elbow, put a T on and run a new line. So they, they basically have altered, modified a license fitters, work signed mm -hmm. and so now there's a risk because this is gas and they also said to me we can't do anything about it and i go so what if this house explodes well then we'll open up an investigation oh, disgusting huh Someone i'm like okay die. well why don't you guys go there and speak to them i go well the problem with that this is what the tssa said if we ring the doorbell and we ask them can we come in the homeowner has every right to say no and at that point we're not allowed to actually set foot on that property yes so you're the Tron tssa is toronto safety's what is it? safety standards, standards association, association. Or something like that right Ooh. so they're the governing body that's supposed to oversee this stuff and i'm making them aware of a situation and they won't get involved unless the house blows up. It's, it's no different than electrical. It's the same. The government needs to tighten up the rules or help them tighten up the rules. Right now, they're very, very laxed. Where the, the fines with ESA are, it's considered working without a permit, but they need to prove that the job was done. Who they need, they need, they need the information ahead of time. They can't just knock on the door and say, hey, I'm here to inspect. You know, you gotta be allowed in. Once you're allowed in, if you give up the contractor that actually did the work, then they start their investigation. But if again, the contractor, contractor is a cash contractor, no paperwork. Well, there's great sites that give out a lot of contractors nowadays. You have many of them. Uh, one in particular, uh, well, you know what, maybe I shouldn't mention the name. No. But long story short, you can read the review. Like got I it. can prove the work got done. The homeowner's name is there. She clearly put a review, named the company, did the work. So now ESA, it's an open and shut case. There's the work that got done. It's there in writing. Is the customer lying or are you lying? So who's to blame here? Are we blaming the homeowner? Are we blaming the contractor? Are we blaming both? Both. 
100% both. both. Contractor is a moron because he's just thinking about his pocket. Yeah. Not thinking for the future. He's only looking for today. You know what? You can end up being a loser. You're going to lose at the end. You go nice and slow, then you're going to win the race. You want to try to fill up. When you put too much in your mouth, you choke. Yeah. And that's basically what people are doing now. They're just grabbing as much as they can. They can't handle what they're doing. Cash, just grab, just grab. What the fuck are you grabbing? Just do things. Be open and be honest. I got customers that will call me back from 2003. Because they remember. Exactly. Well, I didn't, you know, but a permit protects them yes, from, from you insurance. and from themselves. Exactly. A beautiful thing. Like, you run that stop. Think of it like this. You run the stop sign. It, no one says that there's a cop on the corner. So you roll the stop once, roll it twice, roll it the third time. You're bound to get caught. It's a matter of time. And when you do, hopefully the cop's in a good mood. Because if he's not, you're about to get a ticket. Enough of those, your insurance goes up. So screw you. Same thing with red lights. We don't have to fuck. You don't have to stop. Just go. Middle well, of the night, who's going to catch you? Even more important, I had a custom. I had a friend. He begged me to do some tile work in his bathroom. I went ahead and I said, you know what? I'll do the tile work for you. We did a little barter system between me and him. No big deal. I just remove and replacing tile. It's just a cosmetic uh, facelift. Anyways, we get to some plumbing issues. He doesn't want to hire a plumber. And I tell him, I say, it's very important that you go pay this little bit of money for a permit. Even if you do it yourself, they'll come and take a look. They'll write it off and you're covered. He wouldn't listen to me. So six months later, he had a flood in his house. When the insurance came by, it wasn't from the work that he had done in that room. Mm -hmm. It was from the opposite side of the room. When the insurance company came and overviewed the work, they said, wow, this is a really nice bathroom. Did you do this? And he was like, yeah, we did this. You know, me and my friend did this. Did you pull a permit on it? And he's like, no, but everything was existing. He goes, so that was existing. That Well, we just moved that. Insurance was voided. So now he had a mortgage. You're not, like a lot of people don't realize that you can't have a mortgage if you don't have insurance. If your insurance Correct. company drops you, you no longer have insurance. That means the bank could take your home. Another thing that happened, there was $24,000 worth of damage from a flood. He had to pay for it twice. I love it. So I love stories What like I'm that. leading to is that it only takes a, a couple of minutes to get a permit and it protects your biggest investment even, and your family. But even if it took a couple of weeks to get, yeah. what's the difference? Just follow the procedure. Just get it. Well, Just get it. Just and, get and you know, Frank, in those couple of weeks, it's even more important to get those changes out of the way so that when you do start construction, you're not changing while you're in construction. This challenge goes out to any contractor out there, anyone, and I don't care what trade you're in. Tell me that you've never made one mistake in your entire career. I made many mistakes. So That's how I became That's a better contractor. So, so have I. That's how you At learn. At the end of the day, if an extra set of eyes coming in and taking a look and showing you, hey, dumbass, did you miss this? I have no they problem with an inspector telling me that. little things. I, I don't know. have a problem. I go, I thank you. Yeah. Like, it actually upsets me when I pull out permits and I don't have the inspector come by. So if you have any electrical inspectors that are listening, I get they're, they're, they're busy. I respect it. But I truly believe we should be charging more on the permits and actually have someone show up. I want that extra set of eyes. I had a job not far from where we are right now that's actually been investigated. It was a, a home that was a rental property. A homeowner that lives two or three streets over. We know the area we're in. We know how much the houses are valued. It's not a money issue. 
She wanted the wire, the, the wiring to be redone. She had good old knob and tube. Want to rewire it. That's good old great. knob and tube. Good old knob and tube. <laughs> so in comes the contractors, end up writing up quotes. I wasn't one of them that wrote up a quote. I ended up getting the call when the neighbor that lives three doors down, a retired electrician, went in and wired it and made a mess. The complaint was, oh, my toaster and my blah, 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 and every time I use them, and I'm sitting there going, well, that's normal. You gotta, you know, you don't have dedicated circuits. Oh, but the house was just rewired. I'm like, what? By whom? Exactly, something's wrong. So anyway, I go in, take a quick look, and clear as day, the mistakes, like I, I made a, a list of mistakes that were just visual. You didn't have an electrician in here. You clearly didn't have a permit. What do you want me to do? She goes, oh, well, that's the whole point. I need you to fix it, and I'm like, it's going to cost you. Huge. It's time and material at this point. Pay me now, pay me later. Figure it out. So the money that she did save, she actually didn't save anywhere near because the contractor three doors down actually charged her going rate. Not far off from what I would have charged to originally do the job. The difference was a permit cost of 395 bucks, and that's it. Well, probably a thousand bucks. I'm sorry. There was a thousand or two thousand dollar difference between my quote if I was to rewire it complete and then this guy doing it. So this guy pocketed all that cash. The issue ended up being that the homeowner was stuck with a bill from me for about, I think it was 8,900 in order to fix everything. Fixing everything now involved the electrical safety authority because ESA got contacted because it's a rental property. So the tenants called the fire department. Legal. And when the fire department came in, they said, well, uh, nothing electrical seems wrong, but you know, you're gonna need an electrician coming in here and checking this out. The landlord kept saying, no, no, there's nothing wrong with the wiring. I just had it wired. And then that's when the tenants called the Electrical Safety Authority to come check it. So that's the backstory of it. And they have every right to do that. And then at that point, welcoming them them back into the home was the tenants. Mm -hmm. And it started a slew of, of headaches. The homeowner the whole time, the owner of the rental property, had intentions of doing it properly. Now, whether she truly did or didn't, I don't know. I wasn't there. All I know is I saw what she paid. She showed me like receipt after receipt when she did the withdrawals from the bank and brought the cash to this guy. And for what? To save 400 bucks. Call it 2400 if there was a $2,000 difference between my price and his. For what? Only to cost her nine grand more. And now there'll be a court case, I'm going to say within two months, which they'll call me in as a witness because I went in and fixed it and I had to detail everything. We'll see what happens in the court case. He will get charged. How much? Depends on the, the Ontario judge. What happens to him in the future <clears throat> as a contractor or he's licensed not. electrician? That's, that's the worst part about it. This guy's not even a contractor. He's a retired electrician just lining his pocket with a little bit of side money. And that's all he was doing. He was doing his neighbor a favor is what he said. And that's what he's still hiding behind. Oh, we're just doing her a favor for the same money I would have charged. No, you're not doing anyone a favor. <laughs> not at all. You're making money. It's true. Uh, You're running a business without having an actual, any cost of business. running a business. Yeah. And none of the overhead, none of the insurance, none Nothing. of the safety, none of the air certification, none of everything. That's, that's been one of my biggest problems in business for me to stay in competition with guys that aren't charging WSIB, mm-hmm. that don't have insurance, that don't really care. I've never had that issue. I always charge the right rates. I knew what my costs were ahead of time. I donated a lot of money, as you know, and we had a solid, solid ship. We were busy. Has the market changed? In the type of work that I do, the market has changed. There's more competition. When I started, renovation uh, electrical contractors, there wasn't any at all. 
Like it was always a friend of a friend helping out. There wasn't many companies that were doing this line of work. Today, there's lots of us. Lots of them. And that's great. It's lots of business out there. So you don't see a shortage in... I do not see a shortage in electricians. You, send me three guys tomorrow. I'll have them working tomorrow morning. I'm not even exaggerating. Wow. There's lots of electricians out there. Oh, by the way, I just want to not mention that we are live at <laughs> Skylux. Well, actually, you know what? I want to change something. Just a quick announcement. I actually have nicknamed this... The Skylux Studios. <laughs> Skylux. Skylux Studios, and we want to thank Mark, the head of Skylux Studios, for letting us record our podcast here. Wow, he's going to really like that name, Manny. <laughs> because that's why the, the forklift in the background there is just beeping. It seems like the warehouse is massive because it just keeps going back. I thought, I thought that was my pager. <laughs> I haven't had one of those in years. <laughs> hey, Biggie. I, I, okay, let's get back to um, has the electrical industry gotten worse or better since the 90s to now? It's a kind of a blanket statement, it right? Is. Okay, so electric, electrical industry. So it's, we've gotten smarter. So one good thing about Google and you know, the, all these search engines, the internet, customers are more educated, which I like. I really like that. Because, I like and dislike. Well, I like it because if I say something to someone, you want to double check it, go nuts. Go ahead. Look for it. Yeah. I didn't lie to you. I didn't mislead you. And it's plain black and white. Here's the cost of my material. Here's my labor cost. You don't like my labor cost? Get the next guy, the one that's going to you know, charge you a lower rate and then rip you off on other things. Oh, you need this, you need that. Things that aren't needed. Nope. Nowadays, customers can actually research and find the information. The difference is you may need to direct them the right way because there is a national electrical code, then there's the Canadian electrical code, and then there's provincial that we need to follow. We follow the Ontario electrical code, which is adapted from... It's like the OBC versus the uh, the national building code, right? Correct. So national building code is two years ahead of the provincial building code, but we have to follow the national and vice versa. I wish that the Winter Olympics and the Summer Olympics could just happen at the same time. But they know, don't. But they don't, right? <laughs> yeah. so, you, know, you can't make it happen that way, but that's how it is. <laughs> I understand the whole thing because Carlito and I, we live by the same thing about get your five quotes. Three guys will always be in the same area, yes. in and around the same ballpark. Yes. One guy will be ridiculously high because he just wants to just give a bullshit quote or he just wants to charge a lot and one guy is going to be ridiculously low because he doesn't really know what's going on i've got tons of friends that are in the business every business that you name and all of them you know selected bunch that you hear them oh i'm really busy i'm just gonna highball and i'm like why would you do that why bother why, why bother just why would say you time? i can't i don't have the time exactly. i'm sorry just be open and honest yes. why why put yourself in that position where you're juggling your life like that too you know i don't get it i've always been open and honest when telling people, look, I'm booking a month in advance. I'm booking a week in advance. I'm booking three months in advance. That's how the industry is. And that's, and that's the truth. You just give them the honesty. They're going to respect For example, more. one time I needed something to, at my mother's place, very important to me, my mother. I brought you in because you're the only guy that was going to come in and pull, pull a, a permit. permit? Yeah. You, sure you pulled pull the permit. One? What do you mean? Everybody else that you spoke to wouldn't pull Every, a permit? Everybody else was ready to come in and just do the job. What are they pulling? Wire. <laughs> <laughs> no, if they're not pulling a permit, why don't why don't these guys want to pull a permit? But See, what I'm, what I'm know, trying to me, lead let to. Let me educate a couple. Let me, let me educate whatever electrical contractors you have that listen. It's very simple. Make money on your permits. Don't lie. Tell them you're making money. It's your time. You're going to be calling the Electrical Safety Authority. You're pulling out a permit. You're protecting your ass. You're protecting your customer's ass. And you made money on it. 2017, 2016, I'd have to... I think it's 16. I ended up making 40 grand just from pulling out permits. That's my profit. And that ended up 
paying my receptionist. Run it, a business. Easy. Run it, a, a business. Run a business. That's what you're supposed to be doing. Do you have any jobs I've lost because I will not do a job without a permit? Yeah. Like, uh, you wouldn't so believe I. how many jobs I've lost. Well, and another thing is, do you know how many jobs I've lost because I've been honest about my time schedule? And people are in such a rush to get their renovation done now, just all of a sudden they want to get it done. Instead of waiting for me, they get into three or four bad contractors. And then guess what? A year from now, nine months from here, guess who's fixing it? You are. Me. You know, that brings up a really good point because I kind of blame the clients out there and I also blame the shady contractors out there that do this no permit work bullshit and just say, yeah, I'm available tomorrow. Actually, you know what? I can come this afternoon and take care of it. I kind of blame them, but I think the, the concern is that if you told all the clients to say, listen, it won't happen for a month. We have to go through a permit. The price is actually going to be 10, 15, 20% more than who you found cash wise. I think a lot of people won't do the work. They won't sign off on it. They won't go for it. And then where are we going to be? If if they're not booking you, they're not booking you. Who cares? This is the philosophy that I've had from day one that I've opened. And I swear to you, some will, some won't. So what? (laughs) (laughs) Like, what the fuck is so hard? I don't get it. It's It's really really simple. Really easy. It comes down to confidence. Okay. And the confidence, the confidence is cl- coming back for me. I've lost it for a while. That's another long story. Because we'll you had a day. company, you built a company. I built the company, and then decided company. to close it. And you decided because, to close it. Yeah. Well, I, I'm in the. I don't mis- want you to I'm, get I'm into the details. Closing it as we speak. Technically, today it's still open, but I'm working on closing it. I just sold my shop. I, I bought a shop, and it, that just closed at the end of January. So yeah, I just sold my shop. So the shop's gone. I'm working for someone. I'm showing them that I'm dedicated to them until you fuck me. And then if that happens, well, but guess Frank, what? What how, goes around comes how, around. How hard is that? Like, karma. It, I love I've karma. Hard. I've known it's you hard. basically 20 years, and you've always been the guy to go to, the it's, guy that cares, the honest guy. Listen, there's no filter with you. You'll tell people how it is, and if you don't like it, too bad. But you've been running a business, and you've been educating guys. You've had guys working for you. How hard is it to, take, to make that transition? I had to make a choice. It was either go back and work 14, 16, 18 hours a day and give up weekends and try to you know, keep moving forward in my own company. Or I put in eight to ten to twelve hours for someone else, get paid for eight, um, and, and, <laughs> and just moving forward. But they're not my headaches. If I've got a client for whatever reason, I got a client that I build him in December. He decided to do some vacationing during the Christmas break. I get an email from him the other day, just yesterday, saying, oh, by the way, Frank, you charged me for cameras. You've never installed cameras. Can you re, uh, redo the invoice and send it off to me so I can pay, your, pay my bill? Well, you owe me 10 fucking grand. Your vacation was more important than paying me. I didn't care because it wasn't my money. I'm taking on the role of being an employee. I'm concentrating on what my job is. My job is to bring the business in and make sure the customers are happy. If they're happy, 90% of them are gonna pay on time. Do you prefer that? For the small 10% that they're gonna pay me a little late because a vacation was more important than paying a bill. By the way, there was no problem on the bill. I actually put a zero on it, so it didn't add on to their number. Thank God that, you know, you can't add. I didn't have the stress of having that money owing to my company where I would be sweating at night. That headache became someone else's. That headache that my boss now takes on 
is the reason he gets paid the bucks he makes. He takes on those headaches. Whether his payroll and his expenses for the month end up being 50000 or they're 500000 I couldn't care less. It's not my problem. My job is to bring the work in, make sure the customers are happy, which is exactly what I love doing. So I'm doing what I love. The problem is that it's hard to watch someone else and, you know, Call him boss. It's, it's difficult. I think that's where you started with this. And sorry, I took it. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it, no, it's interesting because we've had a lot of guests on on the show where they've been younger and they're making that transition from leaving working for somebody and starting their own thing. But I think you're the first person that left something that you built and went to work for somebody and not have these headaches. And I, and I get it, right? So that that's an option for people to do. Do you prefer it? Th- like that way now and right in your stage in your life right now right you, now i do because you don't have all that overhead you don't have all those headaches you don't have that payroll you don't have that whole system 2012 july 2nd i was told i had five years left to live oh wow yeah five years left to live needed a new liver and my brain wouldn't stop running it wasn't uh, a drinking issue eventually it would become cirrhosis of the liver i had a very very rare disease called psc primary sclerotic cholangitis. The biggest struggle in my mind was, oh my God, everyone's gonna think I was an alcoholic. I, I drank, I killed myself. Did I party hard? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but did I drink like a fish all the time? Never. I would be a social person. I would be out there. You have a beer, I'll have one with you. You're gonna have two shots? You know what, I'll have two shots with you. Am I the type of guy that goes home and has two drinks before I go to bed? No. Define what alcoholic means. I guess someone that would drink every day and can't control themselves. That was definitely not me. So as soon as you associate a liver problem, you automatically, that stigma, oh, he's a drunk, he's an alcoholic, he's, he's got an issue. So I had to deal with that. The good news is it's, you know, 2020, am I allowed to say that what year we're in? And uh, new liver in 2017. The doctors were right. 178 pounds is what I weighed in August 24th. 2017, 2000, yeah, 2017. And then August 25th, brand new liver went in, woke up, never looked back. About a month later, as I was recuperating, I knew that at work things weren't as well as they needed to be and there'd be a lot of cleaning up to do. So I waited about a month, went in, stayed quiet for two more weeks. So it was six weeks to the day, went in and I said, I'm back, I'm full time, I'm back here, time to straighten up. First thing, first, order of business, I fired three people. Then I reached out to the rest of the staff. There was people in the office and there was people outside. We were 15 uh, 15 outside of electrical electricians and apprentices. And then in the office, there was five. Immediately, three right away, cut them right off the top. Took the electricians and one by one, I said, listen, there's gonna be changes happening. I don't know if you're gonna make the end of the week. So you better start showing me your best side. Because if I don't start seeing the best side, I already know what the worst is. When the cat's not around, the mice play, they say. Well, these guys partied hard. Went in, did what I had to do, and didn't like how long I had to work. I decided then and there saying, you know what? I gave it the best I could. I built a good business. After five years of being away from the business, still here. So I decided, you know what? Let me cover up whatever bills I've got, clean up the mess that was made, and pack it up. And that's what I did. And that's why today I'm an employee. And you're enjoying life. And I love it. Good for you. It's really about, to, like, we only have so much time to become successful, make our money, and then enjoy life. 
but that's the whole point. Everybody says, I got to make money. Well, how much do you need in order to be happy? How much do you really need? Oh, yeah. I, like, I know people that are millionaires and they're not happy. And I know oh. people that are making 50 grand a year and they're extremely happy. Yes. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you, you, some, you, some of my poorest friends are doing the best because they yes. know how to stretch their well, money. Hang on a second. Uh, and some exactly, of my friends that are successful. What exactly is poor? Like, that's, like, okay. depends. When someone's just getting by, they don't have money to... They have to be careful that they have money for their kids to eat that yeah, week. For sure. I'm not going to say it's poor, but I'm just going to use it as a term, uh, a figure of speech. Well, that's called working poor. Yeah. Is it not? Working poor. Yeah, working, working poor. poor. But those people that I know are the happiest. And if you do follow people on Facebook and Instagram, you'll find that some of the people that are doing the most with their families and their lives seem like they're the richest and they're not spending any money enjoying their life. But then there's guys that are putting all their money and time into their business and they have a horrible life mm -hmm. and they're unhappy. I know many of them. They're just unhappy it's and they're a keep balance. chasing You got to find a balance, yeah. right? And right. You, like family's important. Your livelihood's important. If you're a self-employed business owner, that's important. But your, your significant other is important. Your kids are important. Just your friends are important. Everybody's important. I think if you find one thing and just always put it on a pedestal, you're going to really fault on everything else. And you don't want to do that. For me, it comes down to moderation. Everything in moderation. Friendship, work, love life, everything. Life. Everything in moderation. It's so and true. And as long as you keep everything in moderation, you'll be fine. You know, whether you've got two grand in your pocket right now, and I've got ten, and he's got a hundred. Who cares? You've got or two three, grand in your pocket right now? About that. You know what I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, the point is that... Want to have it, a card game? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I, actually, I like playing poker. I will take you up on that right away. I like playing a different poker. <laughs> oh, no, a poke no, no. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming. When did Lady Gaga get here? What's yeah. going on? She's uh, right behind uh, me. No, you know what? Me and Frank go way back. We've had lots of yeah. fun. We were just together a few months ago. I was doing some magic tricks for him. We yeah. were having a really good time. Uh, my fiance is still afraid. Afraid of you, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, She's very afraid. You know what? We we've had some good times. We just went to uh, St. Lucia. We we've done some good yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, we've had a lot of fun. And and life is about fun. I'm really glad that you're expressing yourself because one of the things that's happened for me just in the last year is I lost interest in the industry myself, and I've had to reinvent myself. Why did and, you lose interest? Like in, interest. You in know, I found what I need to be happy in this industry. I had partnerships, I was doing jobs I wasn't happy to take on. I was taking them on to pay the bills. Mm -hmm. I now know what I wanna do, what kind of jobs I wanna do, and what kind of people I wanna work for. You were feeding the machine. That's right. Yeah. And, and I'm slowing that machine down. And believe it or not, Frank, it's amazing that when you stop for a few months well, and you overview everything in your life, the, the important things, the the real the, the things that are realistic that, mm -hmm. that you really need that you can that you have grateful. to have in your life and the things that you don't have to have in your life, mm -hmm. you find yourself around some really amazing people and, and really interesting things in life. Yes. Life is not boring at all. It all depends on how big the machine ends up becoming. Some people don't have the option of saying, wait, stop the machine. Like in my case, it was 20,000 a month. And I kid you not with that number. It's 20 grand a month. I can keep my doors closed for a month. I can keep my doors closed for a day. I still got to come up with that 20 grand a month. While I made the transition of becoming an employee, it was still running me 20 grand a month. That's just bare bone costs. It's before I do payroll, before I do 
any source deductions for anything else. You're talking keeping your cell phones going. You got to pay on a monthly basis. You got to keep the phone lines going. The insurance company doesn't give a shit that you're not working. The insurance company's insurance, just a loan in insurance. I was paying 30 grand just in insurance for the vans, the business insurance, and all the rest of it. Like you need to be covered. These costs are real. Who's paying them? You know, somebody that's running a business right will have all these costs. So that machine, sometimes you got to size it properly. You got to budget yourself properly. It's all, it's all on how you start. If you're, you know, it's anything that you build needs a solid foundation. If you're not going to build the foundation first, you're an idiot, Mm -hmm. period. So anyone that decides they want to open up a business, do the research first at the beginning. It's the first thing you do. Getting jobs and making money is easy. I've never understood somebody that gets into a trade for the money. What the fuck for? You want to make money? Become a waiter. The happier you keep these fucking people, the more they're going to tip. Like, I know waiters that have huge, huge pockets of cash. Huge. And what do they do all day? Smile all day long and bring you your food. (laughs) And then for the customers that, you know, don't appreciate, maybe something happens to their food. Who knows? Who cares? (laughs) The point is, never piss off your waiter. And if you're you're good at what you do, you're going to make shitloads of money. My point is, is that whatever you decide to do in the world, the money is not your motivator. It should never be. Ever. That's one thing that I've instilled in my kids from day one. Just do your best. It's all I ask of you. Do your best. I don't give a shit if you bring me home 90% on that test or you bring me a 50. I don't care if it's a 10. I'm simply going to ask you one question. Is that the best that you can do? Did you try your best? And they're going to look at you and say yes or no. Take that honesty and you move forward from there. As long as you put your best foot forward, life is great. 20 years of business you've seen good contractors, you've seen bad contractors. What are some of the big problems that need to be changed in the construction industry around electrical or in construction in general? Employees are are a huge problem right now. In what way? They're lazy. They're They're like across the board, they're just lazy? Across the board, they're just lazy. They just, Uh, I joke with Carlito. I used like to, we need a really good recession. We well, don't have it, one. Uh, it's coming. It's, <laughs> no, it's no, coming. No, dude, no. There's a credit it. card bubble coming. There's a housing bubble coming. Canada cannot sustain what's going on. I agree with you. The problem is I've been saying that for 10 years. It when, will happen. When are we going to stop saying that? It will happen. How long have you believed that this bubble is going to burst? No, this is only about a year or two I believe that it's going to burst. Okay, I'm sorry. I expected it for about 10 years now, and it hasn't happened. Our economy used to work on a 12-year cycle. Go back in history and take a look. There'd be a recession every 10 to 12 years, sometimes 14, sometimes 16, top 16. When's the last, time, when's the last recession that we had? This 2007, 2008, 2008 you guys are talking about, I never felt it at all. And I know lots well, of people that out. didn't. So I don't get it. Money is cheap. People are blowing money like no tomorrow. Credit is super simple. As long as you've got good credit, you can get as much as you want. Like... I don't understand when it's so going to stop. Employees, I don't see it. So the employees are lazy today. This they're goes across the board, like Paris, electricians, all trades, every, every trade? Every trade. Every trade. Every trade. You said earlier 10% are actually good workers. I'm going to lower that to 5 I was being I, optimistic. I'd love, I'd love to go lower, but right now as we sit, I've got uh, about 25 employees that end up working at the company that I'm with, 25, wow. 26 I've got maybe three, four that actually give a shit. And the other ones just come in a bunch of clock. Punch clock, go home. Get the money, and then they're in the back of their head. They're probably looking for a better job that'll pay them a yeah. dollar or two oh, more. That's how fast. And then they're flip. gone. They're gone. 
All you got to say is, oh, I'll pay you more. And they come running. That's not what I want. I don't want somebody that's here for money. They calculate that extra dollar or two as an extra cup of Starbucks every single day. An extra lap dance at the strip joint. I don't know. (laughs) I don't understand what what needs to be changed in electrical business. Like what needs to be changed to make it better in electrical? I think the rules need to be tougher. I think that the inspections need to be tougher. We need to be... The, right now, the way that they're, the way they're doing the inspections, they go after the contractor. What about naming the electrician that actually did the work? So if I'm a company and I end up having a slew of bad luck because I end up hiring a bad electrician, kept telling me all the right things, and then it turns out, wow, look at all these jobs that didn't pass, and it all comes back to this one person for argument's sake. That one guy leaves from me. Let's say I fire him at 8 o'clock. He's working by 9 and it's that fast to get a job nowadays. Someone tells me that they can't get a job, you're a lazy fuck. Go fuck yourself. You're a lazy fuck. There's lots of work out there. Lots. There's no work out there. I don't, it's not my trade. I can hire you tomorrow if you don't, you're doing. Honestly, I, I agree. There's a tons of work. I, everyone I speak to needs there's work no done. Account, there's no accountability. That's, I think, bottom line, that's what it comes down to. There's no accountability for the employee to make sure they're doing a good job. Because they don't care. You fire me today, I'll be working tomorrow. That's the attitude they have. Reality, they can probably get a job same day. I want you to paint a picture. These 95% of guys that don't care and they're lazy, what's going to happen to these guys five years, 10 years from now? Well, they're going to figure out that their credit card bubble is going to finally burst. Their house is not actually worth what it says to be worth. And then they're going to try to f- struggle and figure the out house, how to condo. make payments. Well, condos are worth like 600000 nowadays. That's a start. Yeah. I, talking to one I just did some work at a, at a condo. It was 500 are square they, feet. Are they going to jump ship from the electrical industry? Are they going to jump ship from the construction industry? Are they going well, to try to find part, that waiter job, that app no, job, that tech job? No, I think that the black, the underground economy will end up growing. That's, that's what's going to happen. what will end up happening, unfortunately. So, so we go back to the beginning of this money, podcast where yeah, someone... That's, that's why I'm saying that the, the angle needs to be investigation, like with the... The authorities need to be tracing and being more accountable to the person that did the work. The individual. The electricians. Not the apprentices, not the contractor. The contractor knows better. So, yes, there should be a slap on their wrist. Yes, 100%. What about the person that actually did the work? Name them. So, this way, when I'm looking at your track record, I'm looking at, wow, your defect ratio is very, very high. Why the hell would I hire you? Go home. And then when they try to open up on their own, well, who the hell's going to well, hire them? You know what, Frank? It's interesting. Manny asked me to come and work for him for a couple months. He just, he, he needed, yes, he needed some help. Portuguese. I think he was, he, I think it was <laughs> it, <it's> true. <laughs> I think he was really trying to feel me out, see what I was capable of doing. I never laid a finger time. on you. You didn't. <laughs> and you know he wanted to I think it was just a learning for both of us what I did learn from him is that no one on his sites he would never allow anyone without a WSIB without insurance it's it's the GC's job to check but it changes the people and the dynamics of the people because everyone that was at that job was a real pro Across the I board. think that you mentioned it or you touched on it a little bit earlier when you said you are who you surround yourself with. You said it's some, something around those lines that you yeah, said. Yeah, people, places, and things. You are who, who you socialize with. Exactly. So if you're going to have positive people around you or people that understand what business is, then automatically you're going to learn more. People that are like-minded are automatically going to excel in whatever it is that they're doing. Two minds are always better than one. 
But I do also know a lot of homeowners that I've run into, they pulled permits. They never went for the cheapest quote. They ended up nice. in a bad place. Yes. Why? They well, didn't control the milestones. Why are you giving fucking money to some asshole that says, oh, you know, I got this job. It's a $100,000 job. You know what? I need fucking 30 grand and that's a deposit. For what? If you're a fucking half-decent contractor, you've got terms at any supply house that you choose. You've built a business, oh, 30 years of business, and no one gives you credit? Why the fuck should I finance you? You should be financing me. When I drop material to your home, that's five grand, can you pay me my fucking money? The material is sitting on your property right now. You owe me now. Cash, pay. I want a certified check, however it is gonna pay. Give me a credit card, I don't care. Pay when it gets there. But this point of collecting money ahead, contractors that say, oh, I don't want to finance that job. I'm not going to finance your rental. I'm, well, that's part of the game, buddy. It's part of doing business. No, but there is a there So is that's a why they get ripped off. The money goes out. No one, the money goes out way too early. They don't control the money. Well, and I, homeowners are too busy to ask questions or they're afraid to. Well, if you're afraid to talk to your own contractor, the guy that you're handing 50 grand to, Why'd you hire him? I'm not saying 50 it. grand is the number or 30 grand I'm out of 100. I'm using 50 grand yeah. because, you know, because he's got 100 in his pocket. So I what, got two. I so what I do in my contract is when I quote a job, I give them like 10 stages. And in each one of those stages, say, first one's 5,000 for material. At the end of this week, after materials, we'll finish framing. You'll owe me 10. After electrical, you'll owe me 15. After yeah. HVAC, you'll owe me 20. And that way you're at even par. Yes. That way we could leave each other with no heartbreak. I like Fine. That. You know what? You don't with. like me. I don't like you. We can move on. The job's in a, a, a perfect position for anybody to take over. No one's going to be upset. It's actually probably going to be better than most jobs left. I agree. I think that, again, people are too busy for their own good. Everybody wants it done yesterday. Well, what are you in such a rush for? Plan it out. Build that foundation first. You're not going to build something on nothing. It's only going to crumble. Build your foundation. Take the time. Investigate who you're dealing with. Who's going to be in your home while you're not there renovating your home that you're going to continue living in? You're handing them money well-earned or the bank gave you, you're responsible for it. Well, you're never, home any, you're never alone anymore, even when the customer's not. There's always Google. There's That's also it. cameras. Alexa. There, there's so much spy information out there. There's so, and, you know, getting to tech, how do you feel about the tech getting into electronics, and how do you like the new LED lights? World, I'm old huh? school. I'm old school. You know what? Um, at the company that I'm with, uh, I'll give them a shout-out if I'm allowed to. Yeah, of, course, of course, please. DeVille Electric. Great guys. Um, Marco, which is Dave's brother. Dave's the uh, big chief that started everything. Nice guy. So electrical has changed dramatically in the last it 10 has. years probably. Huh? It has. It's, it's leaps and bounds. We can't keep up. The technology keeps moving so quick. I'll give you a quick example. I've got a manufacturer that uh, I've learned a lot about over the years. We've dealt with each other a lot. Major manufacturer. I'll give them a shout out. It's Eaton. Um, Eaton Industries, um, they make lighting, they make switching, plugs and switches, devices, they, the electrical panels, surge protectors, these guys make everything. Anyway, the reason I'm bringing them up, they gave me uh, pot lights, which were great, they looked nice, 
They LED. also provided, of course. Uh, and then they provided the devices in order to control. So I had the, the, you know, the receptacles, I had the switches, and of course, I wanted dimmers, so put some dimmers in. Turn the house on, eat and panel, turn it on, go to use my dimmer, and guess what? The dimmer does not work properly with their lights. Call up a buddy, puts me through to the lighting pro, lighting pro turns around and says, oh, you got model number, blah, 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 that doesn't work without a dimmer. And I'm like, how can your product not work with your own product? Because the technology is moving so fast that these guys, the lighting has gotten so far ahead that they're not caught up yet with the controls. Everything's changing. Nowadays, they've got smart bulbs where you can, you can talk to the light bulb instead of talking to the switch anymore. Like, it's ever changing so fast, I can't keep up. In our office uh, over at DeVille, we've got Marco that tries to keep up with it all, and he does a great job. So you'll talk to him. He's the, the old home automation guy. Uh, these guys are far, far ahead than I'll ever be. You'd have to devote the, the entire day simply for automation. If you're going to be doing automation, you want to be specialized in it. There's no dabbling in it. Uh, a starter kit in automation nowadays, you just pick it up at the nearest big box store and you know play with that. Like Lutron, for argument's sake. They'll have a couple of easy set them up do-it-yourselfer kind of thing. Do I recommend it? Do it yourself? Well, maybe if you're handy, give it a shot. Don't I'll call say me. No. Fucks up. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, hire you a get, professional. You get what you pay for. So do this. Yeah, you got to do the homework on the home automation. It's a whole other ball of wax. And me, I'm definitely nowhere near a pro. So personal opinions. What's your favorite pot light brand? Style of light like halogen, LED. <sighs> what kind of? They still make halogen. They do. They do. They still got them. See, I'm I'm wow. still a fan. I'm still a fan of that MR16 bulb. It's an energy pig. Uh, uh, Fifty it watts sucks power, 50 man. Fifty watts. It sucks a lot of power. They, they Jeez, get the very, space very station hot. dims down when they are using them, uh, man. Well, like hey, it's... In the, they were big in the '80s, but I like the look. Madonna so, was big in the 80s, man. What's the matter with that? You, don't, you got a problem? Oh, hey, Madonna's still big. <laughs> no, I read somewhere Madonna has a problem with Harry coming to Canada, and she'd rather have them come to New York because Canada's boring. I heard that. That's heard what that. Madonna oh, said recently. Really? So Madonna should put okay, her granny panties right. on and yeah. fuck off. You know what? I agree. I, I used to like Madonna until I heard that comment. Fuck. She said that, okay? Interesting. So I like, I'm a big fan of the MR16. Crisp white light. I love it. LED is great, but as I said, you've got to do the research to make sure that your LED bulb is compatible with the dimmer that you're going to decide to put in. When it comes to dimmers, Lutron, I love their stuff. Very, great very stuff. smart people. And it works with a lot of the different brands that are out there. And the good thing with LED, you're saving money. So I can put 10 pot lights replacing the 50 watt bulbs. We'll use simple math. If you had 10 in a, in a kitchen, that's 500 watts of light. Enough that the, you know, you start getting a little toasty in there, nice and warm. <laughs> uh, space heaters are only 1,500 watts, by the way, so do the math. It's a third of a little space heater that I'm power wow. consumption, okay? So, yes, that heat does dissipate down. You're going to replace it with what? Nowadays, a 6-watt to an 8-watt bulb uh, LED. Now, let's call it 7 watts just for simple math. But the lumen is important, right? Lumens are, is, that's where the trick is. So, there's one pot light that uh, we're, we're currently using, 700 lumens. And it's consuming seven watts. So you're talking 70 watts compared to 500. 
and you're still getting same brightness. Isn't it true though it's that the ESA beautiful. is asking you that you still have to do the low calculation as if it's a, a halogen light fixture, it's okay. not an LED? How does that work? Um, no, they've actually got have a they bulletin. Changed? Yeah, they okay. did a bulletin where they've made made a change. And the way that it's written, my understanding of it is, if I come into your home and remove one light, that one light would be calculated on 100 watts. I can now replace in LED equivalent to that 100 watts. Wow. I don't know how I feel about that because when you relax the code a little, you're going to get people that are interpret interpreting the code in their favor. For example, I had a customer that I talked to two days ago, behind the TV, the new wall-mounted TV, she wants to add a receptacle back there. End up adding up what's on the circuit. Sorry, my electrician that was on the job adds up what's on the circuit and says to me, hey, Frank, there's 12 items on it. And I'm like, okay, well, guess what? You're not putting on another plug. So tell her it's going to be a dedicated line. Well, the basement's finished. Now what do I do? I said, tell her she's going to be having some holes in that ceiling. You know, need a good GC? I'll recommend one. Definitely not a Portuguese guy. So <laughs> when she heard there's going to be damage and obviously cost because of time, well, why can't it just happen on the nearest plug? There's just a plug right underneath. Because you've already got 12 items on it and I can't go higher. My electrician turns around and says to me, well, Frank, all the lighting's LED. No, Where you're right. Where does it stop? You see, where's the stuff? The book is there. It's black and white. Leave it black and white. You know, if, if it's written a certain way, it's there to protect us. I, I'm not like, I don't agree. If your lighting is on your lighting and it's on a separate breaker, then you should have all of your receptacles on a separate breaker. But yes. that's not in the code book. The way the code is written, it says they tried to do it that way in a roundabout way by saying, oh, all receptacles need to be arc fault protected, which by the way, I absolutely love any moron out there that does not like an AFCI, it's because they're they're using it incorrectly. But that's or they at the don't panel. understand it. That's at the electrical panel. They do sell the devices. Levington makes them for argument's sake, where it's an actual device, looks like a GFCI. The difference with the GFCI and AFCI, the AFCI will actually be marked AFCI, which stands for arc fault circuit interrupter, where the GFCI controls and looks for ground fault. Back to my lighting problem in ESA, code, it's there, it's black and white. Just follow it. You know, I, I, I'm not a fan of, of adding something on the circuit and then hiding behind a load calculation. So that's the issue. You plug something in that's gonna have a motor load. You're gonna have, a motor is known to have a armature. You've got magnets in there and it's a push-pull all the way through. Well, the little arcing that happens. Think back in shop. Well, most kids nowadays don't take shopping school, do they? I anyway, grab shop. an old, they old take, school they, drill. No, they take shopping. That's Shop what they in. Take. Yeah, you're right. With mommy and daddy's credit card. So take an old school drill, plug it in, pull the trigger, look at the back. You're going to see little sparks happening yes. back there. Those little sparks are normal. But to an AFCI breaker, it detects it as an arc, which is actually what's actually happening back there. But that controlled arc is in your hand and it's supposed to be there. The breaker doesn't know that. So it trips. So your vacuum cleaner that has small arcing in it because it's got a motor in it, being detected as a problem when it's in its normal operation. So, so any other panel, I remember it's that. fine. I had one case the other day where we had a sub, uh, sump pump. Sump pump is in there, it's in the actual water. You wanna make sure that it's GFI protected. I went as far as actually GFI and AFCI protecting it. From the panel? From the panel. 
It was actually a job that you that, were on. I'm not going to remind you, but okay. Yeah. And that, yeah. well, and I learned that from you. You could do it at the panel. You don't have to worry about doing it in the bathroom. You don't have to worry about doing it in the laundry room. You don't have to worry about doing it in the kitchen. Correct. Which is law that it has to have those in water it, areas. It is law, but it, it's not law that you use the breaker. You just have to make sure that it's GFI protected by the wash basin or wherever there's That's right. source of water. Different codes, different areas, but wherever there's water. Makes sense. GFI protected. Whether you protect it at the panel or uh, at the device. The common sense would say do it at the panel. That way you can control it anytime you want. Yes Easier and no. maintenance. Then you're going to get certain people that are going to give you the argument of saying, well, yeah, I plug in my blow dryer and you know, it trips and then I got to go all the way downstairs and reset it. Well, learn not to use two hair dryers at the same time because that's the whole reason it tripped. It overloaded. That's the reason it tripped. If something's tripping, there's a reason why it's tripping. Let's go best case scenario, you got a bad breaker. That is maybe 5 to 10% of the reason they're having an issue. Most of the time, there's a problem with the circuit. Finding that problem, whether it's five minutes or five hours, how am I supposed to know until they get in there? Call an electrical contractor, get them to send somebody out, and Look into it. The panel, the house, your, your house is talking to you saying, hey, I got a problem. Stop turning it off and on. It's not the right thing to do. Like it's not a switch. It's a safety switch. It's turning off for a reason. It's telling you there's something wrong. Educate yourself and figure out the why. And once you know the why, then at least from there, you can educate yourself and say, well, what's it gonna cost to fix it? Well, get yourself the numbers and now budget for it. I'm not saying reach, you know, let me look into your pocket and figure out how much money I'm gonna make today. I'm basically telling you, educate yourself, budget for it. It's something that you need to do. How soon? That's up, up to you. you. It's your budget. It's your budget. Before we get too far away from pot lights, I see this 99% of the time. And the only 1% that I don't see it is around yourself and me and the people that I learned this. I learned this from you. All pot lights cannot be in cold zones. If oh, it's in an attic. Wait a minute. They're not supposed to be or they're not supposed or they, they can't be. They're not supposed to be. But if they are, you should build a box that is in a warm zone that the temperature can't penetrate through. So there's condensation. So there's moisture. Are you talking about LED or are you talking about halogen? I, I'm talking about both. I, I've seen them with LED lights. All the new, LED, all the new LEDs are all insulated. I've seen house. them sweat. They're producing heat. And then what's heat. happening is hot and colder mixing. They get create condensation. One of the biggest problems I see, and I learned this from you, and if I would never, if you would have never pointed it out to me, I would have never been able to figure this out. I go to most people places, and all their pot lights are rusted, or they're moist, or they're wet. And 99% of the time, I say to them, "There's no box up there. There's no vapor barrier up there." So every that's, time, that's the one. It's the vapor barrier. So you that warm zone, cold zone that you were talking about. All you need is a vapor barrier. Well, What's a vapor boot cost? Five bucks, guys. Five bucks. So this idiot that g took your hard-earned money didn't use a $5 boot. Well, I, I get go, it. I go above and You're be already there. Like, put the boot on. That's right. Tape it down. Like, I can understand if it's an old home, you know, plaster and lath, and there is no vapor barrier. I get it. Where the fuck are you going to put it? But don't sell the customer pot lights then. 
Well, the, but there are other solutions. Like I'll build drywall boxes. Okay. I'll put rigid styrofoam all around them. Okay. I'll put them in. I'll put them in the attic. Okay. And that way, anytime that you need to go get that pot light fixed or address a problem in it, there's no insulation falling on you. There's no cold zone. It's taken care of. I'm just trying to uh, educate people that when you're doing pot lights, they should not be in cold zones. And if they do, they should have a boot on there. So the point is, I want true i don't i want it to remain 100 percent warm 100 percent cold that's right i want no leaks i wanted to talk more one more second about vapor beer before we continue on with some more stuff a lot of people i never see vapor beer around outlet boxes and outside walls it's funny i was just about to bring that up all the Honestly, octagon boxes on the like second floor people people don't realize that They're that's using... where there's the heat loss there yes. that's where air yes. is is penetrating through another thing is people spray foam and they think it's okay to spray foam up to a box without plastic on it and they don't realize that it can catch on fire you're, you're absolutely the vapor barrier to me is the most important part uh, unfortunately when i rewire an old home take a home in the 70s that has aluminum wiring and i've got to rewire it i got to fish wires from point a to point b that means i'm cutting the wall there's no one out there that's repairing it properly. I cut that vapor barrier in order to make a hole, in order for me to get my drill in. You tell me how you're gonna be able to seal that vapor barrier properly. You can't. You've cut the poly, you've exactly. exposed the insulation, and there's no way that you can get behind the drywall to tape the prop poly properly yes. to seal it again. So even when you rewire a home 100% right, there's no way that you did the job 100% to coat. It's impossible because you're not following building code at that point. You broke building code. So I just told everybody that I haven't done one job legal. Well, no, the point is that, okay, so when you go, uh, and I agree with you, Carlito, is that I always put vapor barrier boxes, uh, boots on all receptacles. You get the proper octagon vapor barrier boot yeah. and you get the proper double or single, depending on whatever electrical receptacle, whatever it is. What I have a problem is sometimes that the guys don't really care and they'll just poke a hole in the back of that vapor barrier, put it in totally. through the box. I see it all the time. But that's still a hole. That's a protrusion. We all know that this goes back to homeowners taking a painting, honey, I want to put it right there, poke a hole right through that wall and puncture that vapor barrier. I'm always better of the mindset of using a flash of spray foam and know, I know that's sealed. That's the same thing with all the uh, fixtures that are in the ceiling on a second floor structure. You have to separate the two. So I've seen condensation. But man. saying that, just so that people understand correctly, uh, one time I, was, I grabbed a can of spray foam and Frank was doing some work. He walked away. I was working with one of his guys. He said, get that patched up. We're, you can close it up. We've been passed. I said, okay, I grabbed a can of spray foam. I went around the outlets and I filled it. When I came back, Frank's like, what are you fucking doing, man? That's flammable. It's really important that if you do use spray foam and get, tell me yes or no, you can use a fire stop from Hilti and mm -hmm. you could spray that. It is fire resistant. Yes. At that point, yeah. you can use something like that. Sometimes people hear us talking and then they just kind of put their own spin, spin they on They hear what it. they want to hear. Yeah. I'm curious because, because when it comes to electricians and lighting, what's it like working with designers? Do you find really? it a conflict? Oh, <laughs> you got another hour? <laughs> I can't stand working with designers. What's the reason? What's the reason? What's they the number one reason? Everything. Everything. They know everything. They know everything. And the funny thing is, they don't know. You know everything. what? No, no, they think they do. There are a few that I've worked with that are actually pretty cool. What I don't like about them is that 
their job is to design the, the space, uh, get paid, and then nickel and dime every single trade that goes through. Yeah. So if you have every right to make your dollar, then leave me the fuck alone and let me make mine. Wow. No, <laughs> they want to make their $500 an yeah, hour. They're no different than a land hooker. <laughs> Do you know what a land hooker is? What is a land hooker? Seriously? What is a land I hooker? I don't know what it is either. Seriously. Honestly? Do you guys know any real estate agents? Yeah. yeah. Not I know some good ones. Not personally. I do. I know a lot that are you know, okay. personally. So they're basically... Actually, my appointment just before this was with a, with a real estate agent. So, the point so is, they're land hookers. They're land hookers. They'll sell their mother for a dollar. Oh, because they're making... I, I'd never agreed with it's two the, and a half percent. It's the only industry that they... You know, what do they make? Like 60, 70% increase? And look at their rate of pay. When the price of the house is shot up, did they lower their, their of course commission not. fee? It goes shot no. up. They, good for that. I love it. I love the, how much money they're making. Are they helping their buyers? Absolutely not. They're it's not, not doing in their best justice. interest to do that. Exactly. That's the issue. No different with an interior designer. Their best interest, I'm going to save you money and design your space. And where do they save the money? By cutting on all the trades. They're usually it's the true. ones that end up bringing in these... People that will end up working for cash on the side. It's true. Real estate agents do the exact same. Oh, yeah, buy this house. She needs paint. I got a guy that will do it. He'll do this. He'll do that. No problem. Cash. But their paperwork <laughs> is all legal. Go figure. So it starts from the top. The top is you're a tradesperson. Wake the fuck up. Start acting like one. Run a business. I don't care if it's a lemonade stand. I don't care if it's a Fortune 500. It's a lot of work. Do it right. Simple. It's true. What's the worst job in your history in this business? Just one job, the worst one, that sticks out. I had to rewire a home that took us three weeks to rewire. The worst part about it was that I knew who wired it. It had to be rewired for what reason? It was just done wrong. Uh, you know, like a wire that goes to a smoke detector. We use a, a wire that's called a 14-3. That same wire we used to, you know, we use for three ways. Interconnect you, you, them. You interconnect them. So when you find that the wire from the smoke detector is actually in the switch, and the wire that's supposed to be in the switch is in the smoke detector, it's a little bit of an issue. But by this point, the house was fully drywalled. So I had to spend three weeks fixing it. So that obviously wasn't done with a permit. No, it was actually done with a permit. So how did the city pass that? Well, because the inspectors do not. This is a misconception. A lot of people would think that an inspector would sit there and follow every circuit. They don't. They Who's going to have the time to do that? They don't have the time. So what they're going to do is look at it and trust the history of the contractor. So the contractor that originally wired that totally messed up the job. The guy who actually did the work was fired, I think, the same day that we figured it out. The same day that Soon we figured after? it out. You guys didn't catch it? It was Soon. our job. We actually wired it originally. And then oh, I found no. out about this. Yeah. So it was you, but one of your guys did it by accident. Well, a guy that I hired that I had a lot of respect for. I Sub, knew him for. Subcontracted? No, no, no. I, oh. I don't subcontract. It was a guy that used to work with me like years and years and years ago. Great guy. I used to look up to the guy because he was actually my foreman at one time. Wow. Comes in, tells me he's looking for a job, and I'm ecstatic. I'm like, wow, yeah, I'll hire you in a heartbeat. I trusted him. As an employer, you can't. Did you he just make the check. mistake or he just didn't care or he didn't know? He didn't know. He didn't know. But kept saying he did. And his reputation, I didn't bother double checking. I didn't do credit reference. Like I didn't do any reference checks because I knew him. The biggest mistake I ever made because it ended up costing me three weeks of labor in order to fix it. And then the drywall repairs out of my pocket. So the good thing is, is that people do make mistakes. 
it's how you address them at the end. And that's right. what separates you. It, and that's what separates you from the rest. Worst jobs ever, that's it. Wow. Three it's weeks. so ironic that it was from your own company. Yeah. Well, at it, least it you, at least you took care of it. <laughs> no choice. You know, you can hide and run from the job, which there are tons of contractors would have probably just ran the other way. It was one week to wire, three weeks to fix it. Wow. Three weeks. You know Not I mean? including like, the drywall and painting well, repairs. The reason being, dust. when we when we started the job, it was fully gutted. That's the worst part about it. So I was working for a JC that opened up the walls. I wasn't fishing anything. It was a custom home. We wired it brand new to stud. Easy. Wire the house. Big deal. Go back, drywall's in, turn it on. <laughs> bang, bang, bang. Wow. Everything's stripping. Nothing's working properly. Check here, check there. Test this, test that. And then every single job that he put his hands on, we went back through our paperwork and double-checked every job that he did. And I personally went over to go see to make sure that things were you. done right. Uh, I don't need the liability. I, I, reputation's everything. If you don't have a good reputation, what do you got? Your name is very, very important. Some people forget that. Your brand name. Manny talks about it all the time. He says, make your brand and stick to it and stick I by agree. it. I agree. You have to. Yeah. You, 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 what else do you have? You're only as good as your last job. People don't understand that. You fuck up on the last one, the next one, you're going to fuck up too. Wake up. Do the best you can on every single thing that you do. Brings me back to what I tell my kids. I tell them all the time. Do the best you could. Yep. Okay. Move on. On that note, thank you, Frank, so much for joining us and giving us quite the show, man. We got to get out of here. We apologize for making it go so long, way too long. It's been going long. Lots of shows that have been long. But thank you, Frank, again. Carlito, get us out of here. The 416 TO, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>